Hi, I'm Patricia Grabarek. And I'm Katina Sawyer, and welcome to the Worker Being Podcast. Today, Patricia has an article for us on a very timely topic. Um, so, Patricia, before we kick things off, see how we're doing today, do you want to tell us what the main focus of our episode is going to be? Sure. Yeah. Today, we're going to be talking about video, they're calling it video conference fatigue, but really everyone else kind of calls it Zoom fatigue. Um, but I guess Zoom is a brand, so it could be any video conference. <laughs> what brand um, is your fatigue? <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so that's fair. Fair to call it video conference fatigue. I probably wouldn't call it video conference either because that's such a long word, but whatever. Yeah. Um, but regardless, the point is this article talks about like the feeling of exhaustion after having one of these video calls, um, or video meetings at work. And uh, some reasons why it happens, and then a really great list of recommendations. And I think that's really fun about this article is that it's one of those COVID-19 articles that's free. So you'll be able to actually get the PDF in the show notes, and there's a really great table for everyone to refer to if they're interested in more. So we'll talk about that in a second. Well, I have just been hearing so much, as I'm sure many of us have, about people being just zoomed out or uh, (laughs) video conferenced out. And I know um, a lot of calls actually that I have been on recently, people have been reverting to regular phone, which is interesting. So I've had a number of people ask, like, could we just have our phone call on regular phone, which I think is super interesting. Um, But I think it's related to this topic that you're going to be raising for us today, which is are people actually zoomed out and what does that do and what can we do about it I'm glad to hear that people are starting to move in the other direction because I feel like there was this really bizarre push right when COVID happened to do video calls yeah and like it'd be people that I talk to on the I mean I've been remote for so long and it'd be people I talk to all the time and then suddenly now we're doing video it's like why right. now <laughs> like, yeah I, I haven't all been with sudden. you in an office in a very long time so yeah it's really interesting how even for me when I've already been remote for so long this increased dramatically um during yeah. this period of time and so I'm hopeful that we can create some boundaries around video calls um, and we'll talk about why in a minute but before we do how are you doing I am doing lovely today was a pretty regular day I had some meetings and worked on some coding for a qualitative research project that's been kind of fun Um, so you know a pretty a pretty normal day, I would have to say. Nothing too out of the ordinary. I know you were very gracious in um pushing our recording time back a little bit because I did a workout that embarrassingly kicked my butt and I had to, <laughs> <laughs> I like couldn't I couldn't record without taking a shower because I was the most disgusting human that ever lived. But um Hilarious. but so that happened. <laughs> that was an unexpected part of the day. But other than that, Everything's going pretty well. Weather's nice. I'm going to go to a coffee shop for a while tomorrow and write in the late ah! afternoon, which I'm excited about. That's yeah, amazing. we have a couple presentations tomorrow. Yeah. Um, and so after we're done, I'm going to go do a little work from a coffee shop, which I'm excited about. So, yeah. So everything for me is looking pretty normal and good. How's everything going with you? 
Pretty good. Um, I know I've told you already, but I know I talk about Nittany a lot on the podcast, and she's unfortunately not doing as well anymore, Poor but she you. had a really good weekend um, right now, and we've upped her pain meds, and so right now she's she's comfortable and good and trucking along. Um, don't know how much longer that will be, which is awful, and I hate talking about it, so I'm going to skip past that really quick, but <laughs> that's like kind of the main thing I've been focusing on, honestly, outside of work. Uh, so, yeah, I mean... Or, Things are pretty good overall. Otherwise, uh, the new job is still super busy. So I'm like trying to manage that. I mean, honestly, video calls like this really hit home for me Yeah, because we've been doing so many video meetings and I've been trying to be a lot more like uh, planful about which ones I'm actually going to get on video for Yeah, to try to at least reduce that a little bit for myself personally. But I think there's a lot that can be done from like a cultural perspective there. Um, and then I really miss working at coffee shops. I don't know if I'm fully brave enough yet. I guess outside. Is yeah, fine. that's the one that I'm going to tomorrow is outdoors. Okay. I could probably do outdoors, but I still think I'm like a little bit nervous about indoors. And like, I know that I'm vaccinated and like the CDC yeah. has come out and is like, you're fine. And I'm like, but am I? <laughs> <laughs> They're like, listen, Patricia, <laughs> you can do it. You can go in there if you want and have a coffee and don't feel bad about it. And I just like, I'm going to just tip my toe, dip, not tip my toe, dip my toe into the <laughs> a tip maskless, of the toe. <laughs> <laughs> to the maskless indoor pool, if you will. But uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know if I'd want to sit for like a long period of time working. And right now I just have so many meetings that I just can't even do it. But uh, one day I'm looking forward to the day that I'm going to brave it and go out there. Yeah. I mean, we were, uh, walking around, uh, in old town yesterday and it started to out of nowhere, just like, it was like 0% chance rain. And then it just started downpouring rain and oh, no. we walked and we were like, uh, basically like a two mile, two and a half mile walk from our house. So we were like, okay, we had like no umbrella, anything. So we were like, I guess we should go like inside somewhere. So we ended up going inside to eat um, at Virtue. I think you know where that is. Yep. Um, potentially. Yeah. Um, but we it was our first together. time. Yeah, it was our first time in indoors eating. But it, everything's still um, half capacity. So it was very spread out. And they put us in like a table that was right next to the staircase that goes to the front door and so like we didn't have anyone on either any side of us basically we were just like we were very separated from people based more or less um so like I felt fine about it but I was saying to Brendan like when it's full capacity like if it was like full in there I feel like I would have been like ah (laughs) but it was like just because they put us in this table where like literally the closest table to us was probably like 12 feet away. That's so funny. I, I felt fine, but, yeah. um, but it was weird and it's interesting. Cause I feel the same way. Like I'm vaccinated. There's no real reason why I should feel weird. Like all the new data that's coming out. That's like, you're so unlikely to get it. You're so unlikely to pass it. Like 
you know, all that all is like ve- very positive in terms of making you feel confident that like I can be a person again. Um, but it just feels so strange. You're like, am I, can I be in here? And there are people <laughs> talking and I can see their mouth and my mouth is here. <laughs> like, my mouth is here. <laughs> what is this world that I'm in where my mouth is close to other people's mouth? Um, but it's just close. strange. <laughs> no, I know. But even like, just like a 12 foot away, it just feels like scandalous. You're like, <gasps> they're like, what's in the air. They're talking and whatever they're talking goes in the air. Like it just feel, you just think about it so differently. And I'm sure slowly over time, we'll get used to easing back into things and it won't feel weird anymore. But it definitely felt like a little strange. We were like, should we do this? But like, we were literally like standing in the rain. So we were like, well, I guess probably, um but yeah so that was our first foray but we're still gonna try to stay pretty much outside it is funny though because we haven't been to a restaurant at all and there's this restaurant on the corner from us um that literally this entire time has had cabanas like it's like an individual cabana that you sit and eat in with like a canvas thing and I'm like well we could have come here like it's like I'm like why didn't we ever just like check to see if there was anywhere that we could go because like literally you're like in your own tent with no one else so I was like well this we could have done but oh well too late I know we we did the same thing we went to a couple places where we saw that later and we're like well I guess yeah (laughs) like could have done that there's quite a few places that have been doing the like cabana things um I did eat indoors so I I'm like I think the thing about a coffee shop that makes me nervous is like you're there I would be there for an extended period of time and I guess you could still wear a mask but then like I don't but like if you're drinking your drink then you can't and then you're just I don't know for some reason there's something I don't know why but there's still something for me that like that doesn't feel I'm not quite yeah but I think it's I think it's just because of the extended period of time like usually I would spend so long there um and also I went into a coffee shop the other day to get a drink and there were a lot of people that like as they're waiting for their drinks are milling about and getting kind of close to the people that were yeah. sitting there. Mm-hmm. And that I think freaked me out. Yeah. Um, I could see that. But my mom and I went to Sugarfish this weekend. Oh. Which, you know how much I love Sugarfish. Sushi, sushi. It's so, so good. good. Um, and which I haven't had it like in person since, you know, before the pandemic hit. With, probably February of 2020, I think is the last time I was there in person. Oh and it's such gosh. a difference because that place, like, you know, the rice is, like, warm. So it makes such a difference to have yeah. it super fresh than to take it out. Um, yes. Like, that specific sushi place in particular is really, really different. Yeah. And, um, and so we went, and we were planning on eating outside, and they are like, well, there's not enough space. Like, there, it's going to be a much longer wait if we want to wait outside. And my mom was like, well, we can go inside. And I was like, okay. So we tried it, but it was funny because that's a kind of a small restaurant but there were only three two like we were one of three tables right inside so there's like yeah. really nobody inside right so it, yeah. it was fine but it was just uh, yeah, I yeah I think I expected there'd be more people and we went inside yeah. I was like, oh there's like nobody in here I think if it's spread out it feels different and maybe that's what it is about coffee shop too it feels more crammed and also like yeah just like longer period of time people milling around I don't know I agree yeah. with you I'm the same. But now I'm so hungry. Uh, <laughs> I want to well, go back to Sugarfish, get me some sushi. I mm. know. That really just made me so hungry. Like, literally, like, I 
hope I'm not holding the microphone close enough to my stomach because I was like, <laughs> it's growling. <laughs> Your story has evoked, uh, has awoken a beast within me. So without further ado, then, in case any of you at home are also hungry. Um, <laughs> so let's talk about Zoom fatigue or video conferencing fatigue. Sorry, we'll try our best not to brand the fatigue, although I feel like that's what people say. Yeah, it's kind of like when you Google something. Like, I mean, maybe some people are binging things, but <laughs> I hope it's not. just <laughs> it's just <laughs> you use the company name as a, as a term that we have gotten used to. But, anyways, um, yes. So, video conference fatigue. So, let me tell you the title article first, um, which it's video conference fatigue, exploring changes in fatigue after video conference meetings during COVID nineteen. And it was written by Bennett, Campion, Keeler, and Keener um, in 2021. It was just published in the Journal of Applied Psychology. Nice. So, yeah. I thought it was a great piece. As I said, it felt very relevant to me. So I was like, all right, I think I got to dig into this and find out more. (laughs) Yep, totally. I think it's relevant to all of us. It's definitely something that's top of mind for students, colleagues. As I said, like a lot of people have been saying to me, what modality do you want to use to have our meeting? Would you mind if we used regular phone? Um, which I'm just thinking is interesting. An interesting trend that I've been seeing in the last like month or so, I would say people are starting to ask that question more. Which is awesome. Let's keep it going. Because we know that video conference fatigue is a thing. According to the study. And according to, there's like other um, evidence that they pointed to. Not peer-reviewed evidence, but there's actually a couple of things that they linked to in this article that were like studies done by um, by companies. Mm-hmm. And actually, interestingly enough, one of the companies that did a study on this and kind of made changes, some of the ch- some changes to their platform was Microsoft. Ooh, so Microsoft like published, yeah, hmm. yeah. So Microsoft published um, a like on their blog or whatever, like a white paper about this um, topic and saying that they've tried to like think of creative ways to make uh, the fatigue less of a problem. And they basically were like, think about other ways you can use the team's tool to not always have to be on a video call. Like you can do it without a webcam. You can use the other chat functionality within teams. Um, and then they also talked about like their together mode. I don't know if you've seen this on Teams, but no, they have like I don't know what that is. Basically, what it does is it takes everybody's video and like puts it, maps them together into like what looks like a like they're sitting in a classroom, like everyone's in a little chair, like in an audience. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> so like you're like it, like your face? Yeah, like it maps each person's video to like a little chairs. So then you're looking at like people like in a group versus a bunch of boxes. Do I like that? Do you like that? It's weird. <laughs> um, <laughs> I I can see it why. It feels creepy to me, but mm-hmm. I don't I I may be picturing it more creepy than it is because my brain is making like it <laughs> what I'm picturing is creepy. I don't think it's creepy when you actually look at it. It's not that creepy. Okay. Um it just basically like you know how when you do like a background, like if you blur your background, like yeah. it just finds you. So it takes yeah. that per- version of you. So it'll find you 
okay. take out your background and put you in like a virtual seat. <laughs> That's cute. So, yeah. But I can see how that would actually help a bit because your attention is now on like this group versus having to figure out like which box and like chain moving to right, focus on the right, right box. Right. Yeah. So it does make it a little, I could see it helping. Anyways, I thought it was really interesting that some of the pieces about this problem have actually come out of companies that have products that create the problem. Right. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was fascinating, but there's not a lot of peer reviewed work yet gotcha. in this space, as you can imagine. So yeah, th- it's so new. I feel like people, I mean, obviously the technology is not brand new, but people haven't been using it to the extent that people probably felt the need to really like go full force into studying it. Exactly. Yep. And yeah, with more and more people being remote during this pandemic, it's like you've got this big critical mass of people using this type of technology that maybe didn't exist in the same way before. So they actually coined or defined video conference fatigue, like for the first time in an academic paper. Mm. Um, So what they said it is, is it's the degree to which people feel exhausted or tired attributed to engaging in a video conference pretty simple definition um and the evidence that's coming out is showing that video meetings are more exhausting because of sustained attention hmm so is it sustained attention to the visual components in particular like in other words you would be able to kind of wander around um or you're not worried about like monitoring your personal appearance at the same time that you're monitoring what you're talking about. Um, is it that you're seeing everybody else and also seeing yourself? Um, I know that I asked a lot of questions there, but I, I keep thinking <laughs> about that too, because it's like you're seeing everyone else in a much more like omnipresent way than you usually do in a room where you're like attending to one person and people are like in your periphery, but you're not looking at all the faces and at in unison, if, especially if you have it in like gallery view um, mm-hmm. and you're not looking at yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So that when they talked about like other research before this study, they talked about some ideas around some of what you said. So you know, one, you're not monitoring yourself in a normal meeting when you're in person. Um, there's also when you're the sustained attention is like kind of multifaceted because it's not just you're visually like focusing on one place, but you're also not you can't fidget the same way. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're like on a video call, if you actually look at people in a video call, they're not really moving a lot. Like right. there's this weird thing where we just kind of like sit there and we stare at the screen and at the camera Um and, like, I feel like I'm always, like, wanting to play with my hair or, like, right. yeah, wiggle yeah. around or something. And people don't do that. <laughs> wiggly. So, yeah, just wiggle, wiggle, wiggle. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, like, I f- normally when I'm sitting around, I feel like I'm always fidgeting. Like, I tend to yeah, fidget. Yeah, me too. And we don't – people just don't do that in video calls. It's like you're – because if you fidget too much, well, then you move out of the camera or right. are you going to look weird when you're fidgeting or whatever. Um, so you're like physically pretty stagnant and then you're also just staring Yeah, at a lot of people. They say there's like this idea of sustained eye contact. And even though you're not like actually making eye contact, you're just like shit. You're just like staring at the person's face while they're talking right, the whole time. Right. Yeah. Um, while if you're in a room, 
like the person talking might be kind of looking all over the room and the people listening may not always be even staring at that person. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So there's a lot of like, you're putting in a lot more attention to that specific moment in a video call than you would in person. And the same is if you don't have a camera on you're you could, you know, you can wiggle all you want and no one's going to know. Right. So I Did think that say... there's something specific. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. No, I was going to say there's something specific about a video that makes it different. Yeah. And I'm wondering, did they say anything about, and maybe this is like just a different stu- focus of a study, but like the idea that you see yourself so much now, like you would never be looking at yourself. Mm-hmm. talking in a meeting like there's got to be something mentally weird about viewing yourself so frequently throughout the day because like you would rarely look at yourself unless you look in a mirror or whatever like go to the bathroom and see yourself in the mirror or something but you would rarely see yourself and now like you see yourself a lot like all day talking presenting you see like I feel like there's got to be some weird side effect of viewing yourself and like think and like the energy of like thinking about the fact that of what you look like and how other people are perceiving you like that has to do something to you and I think there's a lot of theory behind that so but this study and they actually didn't see a lot of that when they asked participants so I'll kind of go into the study in a second yeah yeah there is a lot of theory around that and one of their future research directions is to really dig into that further because when people were answering questions about how long they spend looking at themselves while they're in a video call, they say they don't do it that often. I bet they do. But yeah, it's either they don't realize how much they're doing it. They feel weird saying that they're looking at themselves. I think they won't, they don't report it. Yeah. Because I mean, I know I do. Right. I'm like, yeah, my hair looks weird. And like, right. I feel like that's like social desirability. Like they don't want people to think that they look at themselves, but I bet they do. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. They do. I I can't imagine that. this. So they basically called out that they think that there's more there, but we just don't know enough. But there's Mm -hmm. a lot of um, theoretical backing to what you just said. Like really Mm -hmm. how, you know, if you're spending and now you're adding additional attention, right? Like you have to pay attention to what the person's saying. You're looking at their visual cues, trying to understand them. Um, you're not moving at all. And now you're also looking at yourself to figure out right. if you look good or weird or whatever. Yeah, there's um, a lot going on. So, yeah. So your attention is like hyper-focused and like in a lot of directions. So, yeah, it can be very problematic. So um, let me kind of tell you a little bit about the study so everything I just talked about is a little bit of what they were talking about before the study Um, but then they really dove into this theory so I don't know if you've heard of this theory but it's attention restoration theory hmm no yeah when I looked up like the origins of this theory it was more in um, like cognitive psych and social psych spaces so not really as much an I.O., but they're kind of bringing it in here because that theory specifically states that fatigue can be caused by sustained attention. Hmm. And what helps people minimize fatigue are individual actions like, and in quotes, it says being away or effortless attention. So kind of the ability to fidget and, you know, pay attention while doing something else that's like, I don't know, doodling in your notebook or whatever. Um those types of things can help reduce fatigue 
when you have to be paying attention to something. Okay. So, yeah. So that that's a, I just wanted to bring up the theory that they mentioned because I thought it was an interesting one that I hadn't heard much about. Um, and so in this study, they had two pieces of the study. So they had a qualitative piece and a quantitative study. So what they did was with the quantitative study, um, they asked people to do surveys um, each workday for five consecutive workdays and then a before work survey as well. Mm-hmm. And during the workday, they actually did nine hourly surveys. There's a what? lot of surveys. I know. That's bonkers. I was shocked too. I saw that and I was like, what? So people spent an entire work week answering a question before answering a survey before work and then every hour while they wow how much did they pay these people i don't remember (laughs) wow they must hope it was a lot yeah Yeah. (laughs) um yeah so what and the and the surveys had a time expiration so like they really wanted to get you like in that hour um to talk about the previous hour cool well that's crazy i've never heard of that before (laughs) I know. I was very shocked. As you can imagine, it wasn't a huge participant group. It was 69 right. people, but that's still like pretty yeah. solid. When you have um, that many observations, yeah. Yeah. So they had uh, in the survey, the people were asked about fatigue. So things like, please indicate the extent to which you feel the following right now. And it's like fatigue, tired, exhausted, spent. Um, they asked how much attention the person paid. So I paid close attention during the meeting or not how often they turned off their camera um, or used the hide yourself feature, which I don't even know this existed where you can not look at your own. Like where we were just talking about how you can look at yourself. There are apparently some, some tools where you can just not look at yourself. You can just turn that feature off. I, now I keep thinking like how we both were like, no, everybody looks at themselves. Like what if we just find out that like, we're just (laughs) the vainest people in the world. (laughs) We're like, it's you just know, us. they're looking at themselves all the time. And then everybody <laughs> listening is like, I don't do that. <laughs> wow. They really I, look at themselves a lot. I mean, that's a, that's fair, but I it's have a my feeling mind. we're not alone. <laughs> I know. I agree. I hope so. Please. Someone let us know if we're, yeah. if you look at yourself, please tell us. <laughs> yeah. Just to let okay. us yeah, because if not, then we really need to find this hide your video feature. <laughs> yes, exactly. Okay, so that so that's interesting. So go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, no, you're good. So they measured that. They asked people how often they muted during the meeting, um, how often you looked at yourself on screen. Uh, and then they asked about group belongingness, which comes out to be important. So group belongingness is whether or not you feel like you're part of the group, right? Hmm. So... They asked about each meeting that they had um, in your most recent meeting. How much did you feel like you were part of the group? Uh, then they looked at the length of meetings. Um, if the person had any opportunity to work on tasks outside of the meeting in the past hour. Um, and then how many meetings they had since the last time they completed the survey and what kind of meeting it was. Was it video? Was it, you know, a phone chat? Whatever. Gotcha. So they did that. And then they also did qualitative research as well, um, where they asked people to describe what they thought Zoom fatigue was, which kind of they used some of that to help define it. Um, then they asked people if they felt the same or different during and after meetings that are in person versus video versus phone. 
-hmm. And then just trying to understand how people have changed the way they approach video conference meetings since March of 2020. Nice. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. So it was a pretty thorough study that was done really quickly. (laughs) I feel like in a, you know, published a year, a little bit over a year since the pandemic hit. So clearly they did this very quickly. Um, but had a lot of great data points and a lot of, like I said, a lot of good recommendations, but things that we need to keep researching to understand better. Yeah. Um, so I want to just call out the qualitative stuff first and then kind of dive into the more quantitative findings. Perfect. So in the qualitative findings, people described video conference meetings, um, as being exhausting. They said they're tired of being in them. They're extra tired after they were in meetings uh, they feel fatigued or drained if they have a long day of video meetings so that came up um they mentioned that they felt extra fatigued when they had back-to-back meetings mm-hmm. and especially if meetings were later in the day so not morning video meetings but like afternoon video meetings seemed to be worse when people were talking about it okay gotcha that makes some sense to me because as the day goes on you would probably have a cumulative effect mm-hmm yeah, and we exactly like generally speaking, even if you're not in a video meeting, as the day goes on, you start to lose energy and resources. So right, it makes right. sense. Um, then people, when they were talking about what they think makes the calls more exhausting if they're video, they were saying things like they feel tired of having to pay a hundred percent of their attention and continually staring into the camera for the whole meeting. Mm-hmm. Um, they talked about how hard it is to read visual cues. Uh, distraction of other work on their computer popping up, distraction of themselves on video. So interesting that they said they don't look at themselves much, but people then were saying distracted <laughs> by themselves. You're so. liars, liars. <laughs> 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 um, they also a lot of people said they felt more comfortable if they were able to leave the video off. Um, and then they said that they try to sometimes use video more often when they feel like they want to make a personal connection with somebody, but then that's really exhausting because it's hard to make a personal connection via video. That's what mm-hmm. they were saying, at least. That makes sense. So those are the kind of key things from the qualitative side, which I think are really interesting. Yeah, that is really interesting. I mean, obviously, there's a lot more problems going on in the background with people in these meetings than companies are assuming. And even that individuals might be assuming. Um, but I think that, you know, just those findings alone really speak to there's a lot going on in people's minds as they're in these meetings. And everybody thinks that you're just in the meeting. But really, there's all these other thoughts that are going on in the background that are likely pretty exhausting and distracting. Exactly. Yeah, it can be really taxing. Um and then when it came to the quantitative results, there are some pretty interesting results they found. Some things that were a little bit mixed and maybe unexpected. Um, and then, like I said, there's like a whole really great table for recommendations which we'll talk about. Cool. So for quantitative results, um, they said that they found that kind of similar to other research, that fatigue initially declines in the morning. So you're feeling good. And then over the time of the day, you start to increase your fatigue. And this is especially true if you have video conferences later in the day. Mm-hmm. So what they found was, and they actually had like very specific time periods. Like, so if you have a video conference meeting between 1030 and 1130 AM, that was related to higher fatigue over time. And so there's something interesting there because other morning meetings didn't have that effect. 
huh. that specific time slot. And I'm wondering if it's like a pre-lunch thing. Yeah. Or like maybe they like go long and it butts into people's lunch and then they get mad. Maybe. That's a good point. I don't know. But so mm. that was an interesting time period. And then they said video calls between 1.30 and 2.30 led to higher fatigue at 2.30 and at 3.30. There's something about the mid, like, like the mid-mid, like the mid-morning and the mid-afternoon. It's like right before and right after lunch. And then yeah. the last time that was bad was 3.30 to 4.30. Hmm. It's like, Which, yeah, like right before you're going to do something. I don't know. Like maybe it is. I don't know. That's really interesting, though. Yeah. So it's like the before lunch hour, the right after lunch hour, and then like basically almost end of day, but not quite end of day. Maybe. Yeah. That's kind of cool, though. That's good mm-hmm. to know, right? Yeah. And I think, I mean, a big takeaway is just to think about that when you're setting meetings, especially across time zones. Like, Mm -hmm. can you do it like maybe not as close to lunch? And maybe like, honestly, if you can avoid calls maybe after two o'clock that are video, I feel like that's reasonable. If you need to have a video one, do it in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Like schedule your video urgent calls. And like, frankly, how many video, how many calls do you need to see people's faces? Like not that many, like we didn't, like you were saying, like we didn't used to be obsessed with video calls before the pandemic. I know. I know. I like never, like we, the only ones that we had really pre pandemic were um, some of our team meetings or if a client, like a real client meeting, right. like a fancy client right. was happening. Um, yeah. But that was it. And like the team meeting, interestingly, kind of led to group belongingness because in my personal experience it uh (laughs) it it is similar to what they found here and basically if you perceived that you had higher belonging um you had less fatigue Hmm, that's interesting probably because you felt like you could be more yourself too did they talk about that at all they didn't um and they didn't dig into that which i that's something that they talked about as maybe being a future research step because like, why is that the case? But I agree. I really believe that it has to do with you feeling comfortable, right? Yeah. You don't have to get dressed up for a meeting with like your team that you're like cool with and everybody's comfortable and happy. Um, You kind of looking away or being distracted, you might feel more comfortable with that. And it's not a big deal. Um, Yeah. You're monitoring less. Yeah, the pressure is lower. You're also probably less likely to have to really pay attention to pick up on visual cues. Mm-hmm. So, like, you can tell pretty quickly of the people that you know or are comfortable with what how they're feeling about something. Yeah. So you don't have to be as hyper-focused. Um, but, yeah, so just feeling like you belong to the group can be a huge benefit in these yeah. situations. Um. And then they also said that muting the mic can help reduce fatigue. So if you can keep yourself on mute when you're not talking, that Mm -hmm. can really help. Which that I feel like is an easy add, like an easy fix. Yeah. Like you can just do that And I feel like a lot of people do that in meetings. Like I don't feel like that's a, I feel like people already, that's kind of normative to mute yourself when you're not talking. Um but I do think that if you can't mute yourself, that would be not only a level of monitoring yourself, but also like whatever other 
noises are in your household, which could also add another layer of like stressing about monitoring things because people have kids in their house, they have dogs, they have what, you know what I mean? So that's like Mm -hmm. a whole other level of having to monitor sounds that aren't even coming from you. Yeah, that's a good point. And it, but it's kind of funny because, and I feel like this kind of gets to the point of feeling comfortable that we talked about with belongingness, because if you, they found this one thing that was like kind of difficult for them to explain statistically, but having a higher perceptions of belonging. So like you really feel like you belong, you're actually less likely to mute yourself. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they, if you, it's people, you know, you're comfortable with, you might not, um, you know, worry so much if your dog is barking or whatever. Right. Right. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. That totally makes sense. Yeah. So they were basically saying too, that those doing both of these things is probably pretty rare as like not muting, uh, like muting a lot while belonging a lot. And that's probably why this result kind of came out the way it did. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's super interesting. So basically what they're seeing is that, um, there is an impact here on the video camera calls and whatever that you're having on fatigue overall. And Mm -hmm. while the results are, there's like some interesting results, some interesting takeaways. I think there's still a lot of work that needs to be done, but I wanted to just kind of call out really quickly what their key recommendations are because I thought they were really good. That's awesome. And as I told you all before, Table six in the PDF that will be linked in the show notes. So you can look at them yourself. Like this table is great. Like it has um, recommendations that were supported by their study, then potential explanations for why it's working. Then they have a column that's like about the current state of the evidence. If you're curious, like has this been found a lot or is this just a, a one time finding? And then they have a column about future research, like what they think they still need to learn about that recommendation. So it's like a very thorough, super awesome. easy to use table. So I want to like clap to the authors for that because it's amazing. Thank you. Thank you, Barnett <laughs> at all. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Um, but they basically said kind of some of the things we've already talked about. So holding meetings at times that is less fatiguing for participants. So probably earlier in the work period as much as you can. And obviously working across time zones might make it hard, but trying to keep it earlier in the day is better. Mm -hmm. Then they mentioned enhancing perceptions of group belongingness. So as we just talked about, right, it's very helpful for people to um, feel like they belong and be part of the group. So figuring out ways to help people become more integrated into a group remotely, I think is really important. Um, Hmm. they didn't, they didn't talk a ton about it. Um, like how you can do that, but like things like, you know, I know virtual happy hours, it's another video call, but like doing something casual, allowing some interaction that's more social and chit chatty at the beginning of a call to start building that group belongingness, and then it will be less exhausting. But on the other, on the flip side, if I think if there's a group where there's not a lot of belongingness, like maybe all new people coming together or, you know, maybe some client meetings you have to do via video, but other client meetings you can do it without the video Mm -hmm. might be better to do that because you probably don't have the same level of comfort with those people. So trying to like think about when video makes sense and when maybe it's better just to do a call. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, stacking the video calls in the morning, thinking about people's level of belongingness and comfortability as you're thinking about whether or not to turn on video trying to grow belonging like I think those are all really great 
practical takeaways. Um, did they have more in the table too? Oh my goodness, so many. <laughs> um, <laughs> so they talked about muting your microphone when you're not speaking mm-hmm. as being a big takeaway, which you talked about a little bit. Um, they said to, depending on the situation, decrease or increase your webcam usage. Because if you're with a group that you're very comfortable with, it actually doesn't hurt you and can help Mm -hmm. you potentially make connections. So in that case, you might want to increase your webcam usage. Um, But when it comes to, you know, maybe other groups that you're not as comfortable with or um, certain types of meetings, it might make sense to turn off the camera. So like really being strategic as to when you use your camera Mm -hmm. can be helpful. Um, This study, like there was some... Like, they didn't have statistical significance about people that didn't use their camera um, feeling Mm -hmm. less fatigue. It was trending in that direction, but it wasn't statistically significant. So there's still more to be found. But it seems like not having your camera on all the time can be helpful. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um, being able to take breaks from camera if you want to. And I know that they recommend that for us um, teaching classes online that, you know, instead of telling students to either pick one, you're all camera or you're off camera, or like make it seem like, you know, it's going to be one or the other that they can take some breaks from camera off and on if it's a long session or whatever. So maybe just making it more normative that people can make decisions on their own about when it's on or off. Exactly. I think that's super helpful, like allowing people the flexibility to be on or off depending on their situation or, you know, maybe they've had four video calls before this, like let them not be on video right, right now. Right. Yep. So that I, makes I think sense. that's, I think that's super helpful. Um, this, then they talk about using the hide self view. So to avoid looking at yourself. So while mm-hmm. the quantitative study didn't show a lot there when they asked, like, I think I mentioned during the qualitative study, they found that people said they were distracted by their own videos. So right. maybe not using it can help you. Yeah. Um, they talked about breaks. So you mentioned that like a bit, but yeah, taking breaks during a call, like looking away from the screen, if you can for a minute, like mm-hmm. I'm almost even thinking like, make it look like you're taking notes and just doodle around if you have to, right? Like whatever it is to not have to look at the screen can potentially help you. Um, and then taking breaks between calls. Yeah. And this is somewhere where I struggle sometimes, um, but trying to keep blocks of time or again, having like 45 minute meetings or something like that can really help you. Cause then at least during that break, like you get up, you get away from your computer, you wiggle that you couldn't wiggle before. Um, (laughs) every time you're talking to Patricia on a video call, she's just waiting to wiggle. (laughs) It's kind of true. It's kind of true. I mean, recording this podcast, I'm waiting to wiggle. I'm You're like, waiting I can't, to wiggle. I can't wiggle that much because I have to be near the microphone. <laughs> wiggle, 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 wiggle. You know I will wiggle as soon as we're done here. <laughs> Amazing. Um, but yeah, taking those breaks is really important. And they talked about like research on micro breaks um and and things that we already talked about before on the show that I think can be extremely helpful and then the final thing that they had was establishing group norms that are helpful from like a productivity perspective and an exhaustion perspective right so if we know that the norm is you don't have to put on video for x types of meetings and then actually practice that can help right Mm-hmm. Um, knowing when how to use mute like just trying to create really good norms for the teams that you're working with can help 
you know what to expect when you go into a call, what kind of behaviors to expect and what you, when you might have a call that you can take a break in versus one where you have to be like hyper-focused. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, I think that really what a lot of these are talking to is that people need to be able to tailor it and have flexibility and that people need to be okay with the idea that folks don't need to be on camera all the time. Um, I'm even thinking about, you know, the number of times that I would run errands and you would take a call, you know, in your car in between the errands or you would like, you know, um, be in a coffee shop and take a call but not have the camera on like all those things where you could sort of mesh your work and life better together because you weren't always having to be on video, I think also make a difference. And so there may be some things that, you know, come out of that as well, that people get some more flexibility of fitting things together better because they don't feel like they have to be always on while they're talking on a call. So I think it's like really a lot of the takeaways are about letting people tailor it to the way that works for them and what makes them feel comfortable and to be thoughtful about that and not to make it seem like the expectation is that everyone's on all the time because that's not a healthy approach. 100% agree. I think it is really about that flexibility because as you were saying that I was like oh yeah I did do those things I did yeah. take calls from my car and it wasn't like as big of a deal to do that right. and right and I know that I've also changed companies so I think culturally there's some differences too but it was you know if it was an internal call I felt totally fine doing that because right. everyone was cool with it like there were some internal calls if I'm leading it showing a you know a screen or having to really take diligent notes obviously but there are plenty of internal calls that were like check-ins and whatever right where you could do that on the road and I think if you're stuck on a video in those check-ins then again you don't get to wiggle you're stuck right and yep. you might be able to be more like for the integrators out there like us who really like to integrate work and life in a, a cohesive way, it can be so much better to be able to do the errand in the middle of the day while taking your calls. Or like you said, coffee shops, like that is one thing that I've been thinking about too. Like if I wanted to go work outside in a coffee shop, I don't know when I would do that because there's so many right. video calls. Video calls. Yeah. So how, well, luckily I have a team, so maybe I can make it the norm that in our one-on-ones we don't have camera on so yeah, that I can true. have have some of that. So I need to start setting norms. So yeah, Patricia feedback for yourself from this paper. Yes. I have to start doing it myself. Feedback for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> and me too with my students, because it just happened today. My student was like at CVS or something. And she was like, I'm not going to get home in time for our call to start. Like, but could I call you on the phone? And last week, the same thing happened to me that I was like at the post office and it took longer than I thought. And I was like, I'm, I can either walk home and we can start 15 minutes late on video or I can just call you by regular phone. And both times we decided to do regular phone and it was completely fine. We yeah. did not need to see each other for that call. <laughs> yeah. I think it's being very cognizant that it's not a requirement at all times and yeah. figuring out how to uh, manage video calls appropriately, I think is super important. And I think there's also like a, a trust piece, right? If your culture, I, I, well, personally, I think a big reason why this shift happened during COVID, like I said, I worked remote for so many years and it was never like right. I, I would go days at a time without a video call, but I would be right. on meetings every single day. Right. Um, not a problem. But 
I think there was this weird trust thing that happened, to be honest. Like, I think organizations are like, oh, my God, all of a sudden everyone's remote. Well, I have to see them. Are they actually there? Are they actually working? And so we need to get away from that, too, because they're on the call. Like, you can still talk to them. (laughs) You don't have to see their face. So true. So true. And to be honest, let's be honest, a lot of meetings are stupid. And if you can be multitasking during them because you really don't have to be there, that's actually better for the company. So (laughs) that's really, (laughs) I mean, (laughs) people would not like to admit that sometimes, but that is a very good point. Like there are some calls that you could easily be doing multiple things depending on what the call is about. And honestly, uh, we should bring up our like Steven Rogelberg episode again. Yeah. Maybe that person shouldn't be on the call to begin with. And then you have more time and bigger breaks between your calls. And that would be a win as well. So true. Completely agree. I'm so glad that you read this article. It's so timely. Obviously, we have so many thoughts on it. Um, And uh, I'm sure other folks do, too. So I'm curious to hear what everybody else thinks. Yeah, please reach out. Let us know your thoughts. Um, Please let us know that we're not the only ones staring at ourselves the entire time. (laughs) So we're not the giant narcissists we might sound (laughs) like we are. Um, But... Yeah, we'd love to hear from all of you. You can always email us at contact at workerbeing.com. You can find us on our website, workerbeing.com, or on social media at workerbeing on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. Um, Thank you for listening. And as always, if this was relevant to you or you think someone else could use this knowledge, please share the show, subscribe, and review us. Thanks for listening. The Worker Being Podcast is hosted by us, Patricia Grabar and Katina Sawyer, and produced by Allie Johnson. 